<coughs> Podcast Network Asia. Hi, everybody. I'm Edric. I'm Joy. Welcome to Family, family Unbox, where we talk about everything family, from the light stuff, the fun stuff, to even the heavy and controversial stuff. Because our desire is to encourage families and see the world changed one, one family, family at, at a time. time. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Family, family Unbox. Unbox. So. Today, we thought we'd mix it up. So Joy's actually going to tell us, honey, what is it we're going to talk about today? All right. Today, we're going we're gonna to talk about the topic of purity, how to teach our children how to safeguard their purity, their innocence, uh, not to be naive, but to be aware of um, the importance of protecting it and safeguarding it and really um, saving themselves for their future spouses. And this is something that's a little bit radical in this day and age because a lot of times children are exposed to pornography, to sexual encounters very early on. Statistics show us that in the elementary years, people are already experimenting with sex with, and they're exposed to pornography. We want to make sure that our children are aware of these things early on so that they can make the choice to safeguard their innocence, safeguard their purity. So we have our sons here because they're young adults. One is 13 and the other one is 17. 14, actually. He grew up. My wife forgot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's 14. So, boys, uh, can you join us here? So, I'm going to direct this question towards Elijah. Elijah, you're 17. You're going to be 18 in a few months. Um, what are some of the things that we, you know, prepared you with when you were younger when it comes to safeguarding purity? I think. What my mom talked about earlier, naivety versus awareness is very important. What my parents did to help safeguard me from the dangers of pornography, from the dangers of immorality, was they had discussions with me even at a very early age before the hormones started kicking in, before I went through the changes in my body so that they could help me understand and be prepared for what was to come. So I was ready to face it with a clear mind also. Okay. So thanks a lot, Elijah. Um, so Edan, maybe we can go to you. One of the things that's really important to our family is having open communication about all topics. How do you, how does this relate to this specific topic? Like, how do you feel about this topic, do you feel like you're able to talk to mom and dad about it? Well, especially I think your dad. But what are the things that maybe your dad does to make you feel like, you know, it's okay to talk about concerns you have or issues or struggles in this area? So yes, what my dad calls this is just called boy stuff, which are moments when I privately talk with my dad about questions I have related to purity. And obviously, my mom can't answer these questions because they're related to boys. But because of the open communication we have in our family, we're always free to ask them questions about purity and our identity. Okay, thanks for sharing that. Elijah, did you want to add anything to that? I'd like to add about the way dad makes us feel when we have these conversations. He doesn't shut us down. He doesn't make it feel awkward. He's very natural about it and super open. And that takes a lot, even for me. It's hard for me to imagine having these conversations with my own children in the future. But I'm really blessed by my dad that he's able to be so relaxed about it and so open about it and 
very receptive to even our weirdest questions. He doesn't shut us down at all. You know, I, I'm smiling as I listen to Elijah right now because when he was three years old, he actually asked Edric and myself about what sex is, not using the word sex, but he was curious about how babies are born and that sort of thing. And when he was five years old, he asked the question again and he said, you know, how does the baby get into the mommy's tummy? He really wanted detailed um, detailed details <laughs> on on how it works and how it happens. And I, I praise God for my husband because he was very relaxed about it. And we explained everything to Elijah. And I remember afterwards, Elijah just kind of sat back in the chair and he started talking about something else. And it was like a total natural and, and easy conversation. And I realized a lot of times it's us as parents that get awkward about the conversation. But from the eyes of a child asking something very innocent, there's really no malice in there. And I think Edgy will talk more about this in a bit. But I wanted to go back to our boys. Um, how do you think that having these conversations when you were younger helped to keep you from making certain decisions that maybe a lot of young people your age have made? Part of the conversations that we had with our parents was they informed us about what pornography is, what to watch out for, so that when we got older, we could immediately have the instinct to stop. If, if we feel like something is getting close to that or there's a temptation, we know we're prepared for the feeling and we know how to respond appropriately to the feeling. And ever since we were younger, what our parents told us is that whenever you see something that's wrong or you know it's inappropriate, as soon as possible, you stop, you close whatever that is and run away from it. And establishing that while we are young helped us grow that conviction as we grew older. So whenever we see something that we feel like is wrong, we close it and avoid it. Yeah, I think... I think that's the key was having those conversations when they were little so that even before they ever got attracted to any of those things, they knew to run away. And, you know, it's never too late, I believe, even with your children now to have these conversations and just be open about it. Because a lot of times, you know, young young adults or, or even children struggle with um, pornography and they're not able to tell their parents about it. And so, Edric, maybe you can share at this point about how one of our friends had a conversation with you because their child stumbled upon pornography and they were a little bit stressed about how to deal with it. Maybe you can share about how that conversation went. Sure. So, you know, what I remember from that moment was how uh, the guy was actually homeschooling family like us. So many things were controlled, right? The influences and the, the rule was the child could only use one gadget in the house, and it was the dad's gadget, his tablet, his iPad, and only in the bedroom of the dad, and only when the dad was there. So very controlled. And yet, to his surprise and shock at about 10 years old, you know, he's watching and he sees his son on the device and he just kind of leans over and says, hey, what are you doing? And the, the son flips the tablet downwards, like motioning clearly he's trying to hide something. And he has this look on his face and he goes, nothing. And when the dad looks at him, and I want you to visualize this with me, when the, your son or your child has this look of nothing, you know that there is not nothing there. So the dad was concerned. He said, show me what you're, you're looking at. And then the son reluctantly opened up the iPad. And let me just cut the story short. He saw that the son was not just looking at porn, but hardcore porn. 
So the dad was shocked. And that's when he reached out and called me. And of course, he was he was very concerned, panicking, like, what am I going to do? You know, I had all the things controlled. And, you know, part of the reminder for us in, in, in this area of purity is, once again, an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. So as my sons shared earlier, you know, this is not a, a perfect formula, but we've seen it working so far by God's grace in our family. You want to make them aware that it exists and I think the powerful principle here is who they're learning it from. If we're very honest as, as guys and even as girls, you know, many of us at our age, we learned about pornography or sex um, and things of that nature from the streets, you know, from, from, not, from all the wrong sources maybe or people who did not know how to explain it either. And so it got all messed up in our heads. And, you know, if you're like me, you know, for a season, I struggled with pornography also. Then it is, it is attributed to the, the wrong source. So we tried to make sure they get it from the right source. Uh, we tried to frame sex as a beautiful thing, really, as God has designed it. And so because of that, once again, this is part of how we are to help. You want to be able to prevent them from the unhealthy curiosity. There's a healthy curiosity which can lead to the right sex, meaning sex between a man and a woman in the context of marriage. And that continues to be our, our view of the right context. And in that context, it's a beautiful thing. So we tell them that, you know, it's a beautiful thing in the right context so that as they're now exposed to things that might tempt them to want to experience it or think about it, then they can uh, have the ability to say no. And I'm sure my wife will share some stories. So, so that's what I was reminded of as I talked to this dad but because his son had stumbled across it to now answer the question directly, what did I do with him? You know, we started a, a process, if you will, of now being able to undo. And it is much more challenging to undo, but it is possible. I want to give hope to parents out there. It is possible, right? It is possible for people even like me. I've been fortunately porn free, right? Since the time I was married, as I had to undo and realize the beauty of sex in marriage. And I've been able to experience that Again, by God's grace, through the many years we've been together. So in that unraveling process with the dad, what is key is to remember there is hope. And now you have to be able to, to utilize a lot of the tools that we've talked about in the other podcasts to help your son or your daughter, your child, to wean them out of pornography and the dangers of, of being addicted to it or exposed to it. So building good relationships, we talked about that. Giving alternatives, we talked about in previous podcasts on, to digital. What things can you enjoy so that you can redirect their interests and their passions? We talked about intentionally helping them grow in the air of wisdom, stature, and favor with God and men. That All of these tools are now things you need to instill and use so that as you wean them out of this dangerous addiction or this dangerous world of impurity, you're directing them towards what is good because there is alternatives. You can't just stop them and say, stop. You need to work with them. And so that, that is my sort of long answer to your question, honey. Yeah. And I think, you, you know, we're highlighting a lot of, a lot of the preventive part. I think at a certain point, right, we can't watch our children all the time. So there comes a point where, and I think Elijah's going to share about this, where it has to, to be about an internalized conviction on their end. Maybe Elijah, you can speak about that. I agree. My parents did take do their part to set in place safeguards, especially for the internet, which is one of the most vulnerable sources of getting trapped into this thing. But ultimately, as they said, the best protection is being able to prepare them 
So what they did was they prepared me. They helped build in me convictions, as my dad said earlier, about the correct context for sex, which is only in marriage between a man and a woman as God has designed it. And in that context, it's a wonderful thing. And having that conviction allows me to filter out what's right and wrong on my own, even when my parents are not around, even in the absence of these potential safeguards, such as web blocking and um, only using digital devices at certain times and certain places. These have been the greatest protections that I'm most blessed about, that my parents have been able to instill in me convictions about what is right and what is wrong, especially with regards to purity. And I've been able to internalize them and acknowledge them on my own, even apart from my parents' continuous pushing and nagging. It's something that I've come to... Did you just say nagging? No, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm giving an illustration yeah. <laughs> of, of what it's like if I didn't internalize it on my mm. own. It's something that I've come to accept right. as my own. And it's something that I've come to love and appreciate also. You know, we had a moment, I remember during the Purity Ball at one of our homeschool conferences where you came up to us and I got teary-eyed because you said, you know, mom and dad, what did you say? Can you say it? So I've seen a lot of my friends struggle in the area of purity. And what I'm really blessed by is that my parents were able to prepare me. It hasn't been a completely perfect journey, but by God's grace, because my parents were able to prepare me, I haven't had many of the same struggles that I've seen in a lot of my peers, especially young men. So you said to us, right, you said, you know, mom and dad, thank you for teaching me about sex early. Thank you for having those conversations with me. And I got teary eyed because, you know, I realized we don't always know how being intentional, um, teaching our children certain things when they're young will really impact their hearts, their minds, um, their decisions. And so when you see your older children making wise choices, trying to safeguard their purity, internalizing the conviction to do so, you know, I think it, it just, it, it makes it all worth it. <laughs> and um, it, it's very encouraging. So sons, I appreciate that you guys have really tried to safeguard your purity, not for our sake, but because you know it's important and because you really want to honor God. And I think at the end of the day, that's what it has to be about, Right. And that's the, we want our kids to understand that we won't always be watching them, but they're accountable to God. So all the choices they make, whether it's with their friends, um, someday if they're dating somebody or online, God is watching them. So if they choose to disobey or do the wrong thing, then they're accountable to him and they're answerable to him. So that's why the conviction, conviction is important more than the external safeguards that are in place. Nevertheless, if you guys have young children, one of the things that we would encourage you guys to be very aware of would be what they are watching online and as much as possible, don't allow them to navigate YouTube on their own, for example. Uh, we were very careful about this because we realized that there are so many things that pop up on YouTube. Children can be very vulnerable to the different things that are there. So if our kids are on YouTube today, it's it's usually because we are there with them and we are making sure that they are very careful. But on their own, especially the younger kids, they're not allowed to just research on YouTube, even for educational purposes, unless there's 
an older sibling present or an adult. So I think that's that's one of the safeguards we put in place. And then we also tried to be very careful about what we watch, even as a family. You know, Edric was saying that by God's grace, he's been porn free and that that is true, but it doesn't mean that he hasn't struggled with wanting to research something or look up an actress that looks attractive. And I mean, those are normal guy struggles. I think by God's grace, we've tried to share culture as a family where we watch the same things and we have an appetite for the same kind of movies and music. And so all these things condition us to have certain appetites. Elijah, did you want to, did you want to add to that? Did you want to say something? Okay. Oh, Edric wants to say something. All right. This is a, you know, this is family style. So we're very laid back right now. Yeah, so I, I really just wanted to jump in and maybe as we kind of wind down this discussion on purity, some people who are listening to this might be thinking, this is totally unrealistic. This sounds so strange that, you know, they're so isolated. And, and for homeschoolers, you know, part of the, I guess, the perspective that some people have is that's what could happen to children when you homeschool. You isolate your kids, right? It's like, wow, they're they're not in touch with the real world. They don't see what's going on. How will they be ready for all these things? How will they be able to respond? How will they be able to interact with others and peers? And this is the real world. And those are all wonderful perspectives and great questions. So part of what I wanted to add here is a principle I learned from actually Joy's mother when she said that we do not isolate our children. Instead, we incubate them. And that's what this whole thing is. As Joy was sharing, I think we want to reinforce this, that part of the reason why we are not isolating them, but being careful of what they expose themselves to is so that we build in them the core, if you will, of being able to have a very clear view of what is wrong and what is right, what they are to ignite in their beings, right? Their feelings, emotions, and and, and not at at the right time. And as they build that, we are incubating them, preparing them so that in a few years, Elijah's going off to college and Eden will do that. And we will not be homeschooling them then. And they will be exposed to various uh, persons and influences and temptations. And this whole process has been in preparation for that. And fortunately, we're seeing that it is working so far. Um, so we're going to ask. Yeah, Eden, I wanted to ask them. Eden um, to maybe share how we've also talked about when is the right time <laughs> to really get serious with somebody, uh, you know, because that's also part of purity, right? It's not just avoiding pornography, being careful about what we do online, but eventually as they become interested in the opposite sex, uh, when's the right time to commit yourself to somebody? So yes, as my mom said, when growing up, as a general rule, you're not supposed to have like any crushes because we're supposed to stay pure until it's the right time. And the right time is when God calls us and when we have like our livelihood set up, like we have a business already and we have something to support a future family and with our parents' consent and when God leads us to finding a partner, that's the right time. Yeah, but I don't think it's not so much that you're not allowed to have crushes. Edric's laughing here. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to make sure that that was clear. Go ahead. <laughs> because we even have told you that it's okay to find people attractive, right? That's normal. Um, but I think what you mean is... In uh, fact, my dad would even encourage <laughs> us to have crushes. <laughs> it's not that he encouraged you to have crushes. We know who their crushes are. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more like we encourage you not to be in a serious relationship but 
we what do we tell you when it comes to um, being with girls and things like that? What have we told you guys? They tell us to not engage in a serious relationship if you don't have a goal in mind. If there's no point to the relationship, if you don't have plans for your future, then maybe it's not worth your time. Maybe it's just going to be a distraction, a, a, a part of your life that leads you away from what God really wants you to be doing, or even worse, a temptation that can lead you to fall into all sorts of messed up things. So what my parents remind us is you're ready to have a partner when you're ready to pay the bills. So if you have an income source, if you have all these things, if you really have those things and you have a plan set, then you can be ready to have a partner and really engage in a serious relationship. Otherwise, um, crushes is maybe the farthest that yeah. we'll go. And that's also based on our own convictions yeah. that we've developed. Over Wait, do you years. have crushes? No, not me. I don't <laughs> want to engage with I don't think they can hear your answer. Yeah. So, so I remember when um, I first found out that I, Elijah actually found somebody pretty. He was really young. And I think I cried because he was super young. And I was just thinking about someday when, you know, our, our children go off and get married. But Edric, you know, he was very wise in the way he responded to these sort of things. When he knows that our, our kids find somebody attractive or, with if it's our boys find somebody pretty or cute, he's like, you know, that's normal and that's a good thing, right? We just don't awaken it early. So get to know lots of people. Were you gonna add something, honey? You're putting your face here. Before we carry on, here are a few messages from the other shows of Podcast Network Asia. Yo, what's up? This is Real Talk Darbs. Join me as we talk about life, love, relationships, and hear me drop wisdom bombs on every talk. Do check me out in Wisdom Bars with Real Talk Darbs Podcast. That's Wisdom Bars with Real Talk Darbs Podcast, now part of Podcast Network Asia. Check me out. Yalla bye! <laughs> okay, so we'll carry on. So he would say that, you know, it's normal. It's normal to be attracted to somebody. Um, that's God's design. And that's a great thing. But we just save those feelings um, and and the desire to have a commitment to somebody for later on, as Elijah said, when when they're ready, when it's the right time. So going back to the topic of purity, you know, how do we restore our children if they've experienced sexual brokenness, if they've already had sexual encounters. I think this is where, as Edric said, we have to come alongside them and listen to where they're coming from, have open communication with them, make them feel like we're not judging them, but we're here to help them um, to process things. And I'm sharing this because I was a victim of rape. So I really had no choice in the matter, but I lost my innocence very early because at 15, I was a victim of rape. And even though I, I had not had a boyfriend before that, and I had not experienced sex, I'd not even kissed anybody. My first sexual encounter was a violent one and was, and it, it was really defiling. So, so I had to process this with my parents and um, I had to also see myself as what we call, you know, a spiritual virgin. You know, sometimes we make mistakes in life, right? And we we regret them and we wish we could we could go back in time and change them. But we can't go and change the past, but we can we can make a difference with the way we perceive our future and how we're gonna move forward by making the right choices now. So I couldn't change the fact that I had lost my virginity and that my innocence had been taken away. 
but I could make a decision to do my best to safeguard my purity moving forward. So even educating myself, when we struggled in college and we were struggling with our purity, by God's grace, we didn't have sex or go all the way or anything like that. But when we realized, you know, we're being too physical, then we decided to actually break up because we both had the conviction that we want to honor God with our relationship. And so this is where that conviction once again has to come from. You know, um, when we make mistakes and we feel like we need to make some hard changes, it's never too late. And you can rebuild that and God can redeem even the past. So I just want to encourage you guys, if you have kids who have experienced sexual brokenness, whether it's through abuse or rape, or they've made choices to engage in sexual immorality before a marriage, then you can help them process it in a positive way by saying, you know what, honey, you can always choose to be a spiritual virgin and God makes things new again. So from now on, you can choose to honor God with your mind, to be careful about what you do online and to also safeguard your body. But we really need to walk alongside our children as they process these things, because it's not going to be an easy journey once they've had sexual encounters because the appetites have been awakened. So open communication will be the key and letting them feel like it's always a safe place for them to open up and be accountable to us as parents. Great. So once again, uh, we flipped things around a little bit. Joy did the questioning and we hope you had some fun. Uh, This is another episode brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Goodbye. See you guys. Boys, you want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Goodbye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.